Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. And guess what, motherfuckers? The Red Sox have won two straight games. They take their first series of the season against an AL East opponent. They didn't do that last year until fucking mid-August. Mid-August. They did it in their first series of the season of 2023. The year that everyone... Again, Tyler! The year that everyone thought that they were going to finish in last place. Fourth place, whatever the fuck they said, Dan Shaughnessy, that penis-looking motherfucker, that 70s-looking penis, he looks like a penis from the 70s that has a (laughs) bunch of pubes, that's what Dan Shaughnessy looks like, the Red Sox lost on opening day, this fucking idiot wrote a column about how they were in last place, (laughs) again, he fucking said they were in last place after the first game of the season. What an asshole. What an asshole Dan Shaughnessy is. The vibes couldn't be higher. The Red Sox should be 3-0, Jake. They should be 3-0. 
They were they were a bullpen pants shitting away from being three and oh. And trust me, I I, I get the I get the uh, people that want to say, well, they were a Ryan McKenna drop fly ball away from being zero and two. Well, that's just baseball. That's just baseball. Sometimes you catch the ball. Sometimes you drop the ball. That is baseball 101. Sometimes the ball comes up. Sometimes it comes down. And sometimes it hits the grass. Sometimes it lands in your glove, Pete. You played Little League, right? I played all the way up until high school. What? Yeah, brother. We've gone over this like six times. You played high <laughs> school baseball, dude? For a year. But so yeah. freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ever drop a fly ball before? Oh, plenty of them. See, this, I played baseball before I realized that I needed contacts. That was a real mess. Mm-hmm. So you can you can attest that sometimes you catch the ball, sometimes you drop the ball. That's I'd a argue part of the game. Most of the time, you don't catch it. This is my That's, experience. There you go. That's deep. <laughs> that is deep. Ball comes up. Ball comes down. Jake. It is what it is. I don't want to hear any excuses. Red Sox should be three and zero. Oh. And and listen. I'm gonna start right here. The this I know I know I know people want to talk about Adam Duvall, but he's not the guy. He's not. Do not do he's this. He's not the guy that we're leading Shut off the fuck with. up. He's not Shut the guy the that we're up. leading off with. What a fucking series <laughs> for Caleb Ort. Hashtag support, baby. Where fuck would off. the Red Sox be in 2023 without Caleb Ort? Maybe three and zero. Oh. Maybe three and zero. Oh. Listen, hey, that hey, is so on. true. Hold that on. is so no, true. No, because and I already made this point to you privately, and I I want to make this point publicly. It's a good take. It's a Caleb good take. Ort. First of all, he throws a hundred. Okay. Yeah. He has and he's saving it, obviously. He's he's saving it. But he was like 96, 97 today. Caleb Ort is a one inning guy. When you're a max effort reliever, what are you doing sending him out there? I'm not trying to question Alex Cora, but he's a one inning guy and he had a clean inning in his first inning of work on opening day. And then he goes back out there and bad things happen. If bad things don't happen in that second inning of work, if maybe maybe blame Heim Bloom. If there was someone else that you could go to for that second inning of work, instead of asking the best reliever in your bullpen, Caleb Ort, to go a second inning, you, you're three and oh, fair or unfair. Oh, well, I, I will say fair in terms of Caleb Ort should never be going to it. Thank you. Anytime. That is not the kind of reliever he is. What I will say is Josh Winkowski was out there. A man that you Hold once on. said you would Hold take on. Caleb Ort Hold over on. Josh. Winkowski. I need to stop you right there. Continue. When the fuck <laughs> did Josh Winkowski start throwing 97 mile an hour sinkers? Listen, go back and play the tape. I've talked about this since I first came on this podcast. Josh Winkowski in the AFL in relief was hitting 99 in relief. This has been there. Now, last year, they tried to let him work as a starter. I still think he could, you know, try and he's going to be one of those up and down six starter types, if that. But in the bullpen, multi-inning arm, 97 out there. He's a guy. I think everyone can say at this point, he's a guy. Hold on. Uh, First of all, spare me. Second of all, fuck on off, what? because I think I'm not I'm not saying. And listen, this this is how I've been super fair and unbiased and objective about this. Just because I, 
Josh Winkowski was the biggest don't pout, figure it out guy last year. He was. That doesn't mean that I'm out on Josh Winkowski forever. I saw him pitch yesterday and he's throwing these turbo sinkers there. I'm not saying he looked like Clay Holmes in the first half of last season out there, but I was very impressed by what I saw from Josh Winkowski. If you have an attitude change and you're just, you're doing that. If that's what you're giving me, then I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Josh Winkowski can't be a guy. He can very much be a guy. He's certainly being given the opportunity to be a guy. But are you going to anoint him as a guy after one appearance? I will too, but I will anoint him as a guy right now based on the current bullpen and where they're at. Like Richard Blyer was basically being forced to go out there and try to pitch the seventh inning today because they needed an arm. And he didn't. That, he didn't that's kind of where they were either. At. No, because he's not that guy. Jolie Rodriguez is that yeah. guy. If they had another Jolie's, arm they could trust in the seventh Jolie's. innings. My apologies. If they had someone else they could trust there then you can kind of lean on it. But I think based on the health of their staff, yeah, Josh Winkowski right now is pretty high on that trust meter if you're you know, going down the list. Shout out to Ed Hand, by the way. Uh, I passed the torch. Legend. I passed the torch to Ed Hand. He didn't ask for it, but I did it anyway. Uh, the uh, Red Sox relievers that I trust list that I've been doing for years, um, Ed is doing the trust meter which is which is basically that I don't even think I'll be honest. I don't even think that he knows or knew that I did the the Red Sox believers that I trust list. Um, but I don't want to do it anymore because I know that uh, <laughs> like I've been I've been spoken to in a way where guys Red Sox relievers, especially last year in the in uh, 2021 and 2022 uh, Red Sox relievers would get very upset if about where they were on the list and as the list went on i think i probably started it in 2015 or 14 15 um there wasn't just guys that i trust guys that i don't trust there as as time went on there were different categories so there also is a fire him into the sun category and guys just didn't take to fire him into the sun like they thought I was saying like we should kill this person and I was like no 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 no. fire him into the sun means like get off the team you suck that bad like you're not yeah. just like a, I mean it goes beyond I don't sun, trust you yeah famously the sun is a very habitable surface so they could definitely live there well it's it's a figure of speech it's a so figure is, so speech. is I'm gonna kill you <laughs> yeah so I don't always mean that when I say that I mean Shout out to a former fucking snitch that uh, <clears throat> Mike you don't always mean that. Yeah. Um, my parlay got fucked on opening day. I had Yoshida to get a hit. I had uh, Rafi two plus total bases, Red Sox to win. And I knew, I knew the absolute second that uh, they came back and got within one. I was like, that's going to be the final score today. Like that's, that's about the, uh, the most that this comeback is, is going to end up with. But before we get to all that, cause I do want to, I do want to start, I want to go game by game. I just had to, I just, I had to come out hot with, with my Caleb or take or takes. I still got more in the bag. 
So I was about to say, I, I have my own thoughts on Caleb Ward. I want to get out. At yeah, some point. I've got some more takes on Caleb Ward. Um, we're going to go game by game here. But before we do that, uh, I got to talk to you about the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook because baseball season is in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered for all this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple bets in a single game for a shot at an even bigger payout. As I said, my parlay got screwed by the Red Sox not completing that comeback on opening day, but I hit two legs. I always do. I'm the fucking, I'm the two-leg king. If I do a three-leg parlay, you bet your ass. That's why I always say, like, you know, just just bet the three individually. You try to parlay yeah. them. That's it's sucker bets. <sighs> it's brutal. They're fun, but they are fun <laughs> because especially when the last leg is that they need to win. Right. Like that's like you would think, oh, big day for Yoshida, big day for Rafi. Red Sox are definitely gonna pull this one out. Oh, wait, Chris Sale gave up seven runs. Uh Join the big league action right now with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, big thank you to everyone who came to the meet and greet before opening day. I had no idea what to expect. We were at the House of Blues at... Oh, yeah, David Ortiz is on the podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yep. True. Let's go Red Sox! Let's Let's go go Red Sox! Sox. Let's Let's go go Red Sox! Sox. (laughs) Go Red Sox! David Ortiz is on the podcast today. Uh, I reminded myself just now talking about opening day. We did the meet and greet at the House of Blues. I throw like a couple of tweets and I will say this. I don't often talk about my former employer because they gave me the Chris Benoit treatment. If you don't know who Chris Benoit is, he killed his entire family and then they just erased him from the books. Um, yeah, my former employer, they gave me the Chris Benoit treatment. I just I left willingly on good terms but they don't want to mention me ever again. When I was there, we would have some help. You know, people would we'd promote the events and stuff like that. This was kind of besides the cask and flagon event that Tyler blacked out at. Um, this Whoa. was like the first, I guess, larger scaled event without the backing of the mothership. And uh, I had no idea what to expect. I threw out a couple of tweets. Um, there was a there was a line the entire time there, like it was a three hour meet and greet and the line like it, it didn't it didn't stop until I basically said I was like hey uh, it was like 145 I was like hey first pitch is in 15 minutes I know you guys want to get to the game I do too so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna burn through these and like make sure everyone 
gets what they came for and then we'll leave. Three hours. Three hours of a consistent line. Shout out to you guys for uh, for showing up on opening day. That was uh, I, I was I don't want to say I was nervous, but I definitely wasn't super confident in having that great of a turnout. But it was fucking awesome. Pete was there. Pete was there. Right. Yeah, Pete. I was the gift shop. Once everybody got done <laughs> in line to, to go through and, and meet you, they would like circle around and some people would be like, ah, this this museum, this line is too boring. And they would duck out and then go to the gift shop and then they'd hop back in line. So happy to be there. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the uh, the listener that gave me ketchup packets. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah. And I used them at the game. So did you? On <laughs> oh, yeah. On a hot dog? Oh, yeah. Okay. So. What else do you put on your hot dog? Just ketchup? Usually ketchup and mustard. But I just uh, I raw dogged with the ketchup on, there you uh, go. on opening day. You kind of like you wanted that ketchup to to shine through. Yeah, like, was... right. Like it was a gift. What am I going to dilute mm-hmm. the gift? Yeah, that's the right way. Yeah, you made the right choice. That was the right call. Um, Tyler was unable to come because he has a job to do. He is um, he's a full time employee at 985 The Sports Hub, associate producer of Zolak and Bertrand, who were they were they were talking shit about me the other day again? Yeah, yeah, we they were kind of dunking on you a little bit for the IP on us, really, because you know anything I'm involved in. As yeah, well, it's really held us that. back. We've Seems like <laughs> a little little brother syndrome they got going over there. Listen, I know that I know the station's doing really well for itself. Yeah, but we, Tyler, would you say I don't want to get you in trouble here? Would you say you're more known for this podcast or for your role at 98.5 The Sports Hub? This is a real debate we have. So they 100 percent believe it's the show. Now, Jared, I know when you if say I said the show you, that doesn't really like, specify. Oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Zolak and Bertrand. They believe, call it my Twitter following, whatever, or where I am. They credit it to uh-huh. the show. When I say that, you could just tell by Jared's reaction for those who are watching. How many Twitter follows, many Twitter follows, follows you have? His Twitter following, uh, 18, his Twitter followers, following yeah, doubled. When you started. He, it doubled when he started the show. And it's only going to go up because think, of the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I had 7k when I first joined the show. I got to like 11k or 12k in like two days after the announcement, and since then, so yeah, yeah the show you're I'm more like known another for the 6k. Show. Yeah, this show, this show, which which means I'm not going to comment. Tyler's which means comment, that they should okay. give you that those days off for this show. Well, now now say. it's it's almost like it's almost like Tyler is the child. And we are the divorced parents and we're trying to like outdo the other parent on Christmas morning. So like, you know, we're gonna be, one one parent's like, obviously, we love you more. And then we're going to be like, listen, it doesn't you know, even have to be you know like that. Though. You. Like, your mom's can... a fucking crazy bitch. OK, like, obviously, like, I'm the cool a dad. <laughs> yeah. Your mom's a whore. And obviously, we are the cooler parent. And like, we don't have to beg you to come hang out at, at dad's house. You know, you want to hang out at dad's house. We're only house. having two Thanksgivings because your mom's a whore. <laughs> yeah. And fuck Steve down the street. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what's going on here is uh, they're, they're being the crazy mom that hates the cool dad. And it's like, listen, it doesn't have to be like that, though, because it could be like one hand feeds the other. Like, I understand we, that. We. But- we get more notoriety if we have like if if Tyler becomes known at ninety eight five the sports hub as Correct. like a big deal and then like, how do you think I found him right like, and Tyler was... becomes a big deal uh, at at ninety five the sports hub with the show blows up so mm-hmm. it's one hand feeds the other yeah it should be like that right 
but it is definitely more contentious uh, on their side of things. Like they are, they are protecting Tyler over there, and we're like, listen, we're trying to, we're trying to build up, we're trying to build a star here. Tyler is a star. Thank you. Um, I will say, when it when it came to this event, it hurt me because I feel like it set back the entire day a little bit. I felt like the entire day was a little sideways since I was not with you there from the beginning. And it led to things later on. And it was it was a rough day. But we battled. Met David Ortiz, interviewed David Ortiz. Oh, boy, the story, was, the story of you trying day. to get to the, the interview room for the Ortiz interview was phenomenal. Oh, I don't know if we want to okay, save that to later, but okay, like, holy. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> in the end, it's OK that you missed it. I understood. I, I know who pays the, the bills for you. And um, I think it'd be different if, if it was it, a live it, podcast. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a live show. It was literally just people like coming up and talking. Like that was pretty much it. Uh, we'll probably have more of those on weekends. Like the fact that it was, it was opening day. So it was during the day. It was in the morning. It was 11 a.m. Um, but yeah, we'll have more of those in the future. And we will uh, plan around your schedule so that you can be a part of it. Because thank you. Because the event we did do we don't back Tyler. in what, September? No, no, we don't. But the event we did back in September is still one of the most fun things I've ever mm-hmm. done. So hopefully I can be around yeah, next yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, Chris Sale, huh? <laughs> Listen, I, I'll be the one to step out here. Oh. I'll be the brave what? one. I'm not worried about Chris Sale. Um, I don't I don't know that I would say that I'm worried about Chris Sale. I'm just saying that outing was fucking garbage, but <laughs> at least it didn't happen on his that birthday. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I I I'm not worried about Chris Sale. It was a bad outing. He did strike out a bunch of guys. It was kind of weird, but yeah, it's it, first of all, it's one start. Um I don't think he had a great feel for his changeup. I don't know that he talked about that. All he said was that he sucked. Did he talk about not having a feel for the changeup? So it was actually the other way, right? He topped out at 97. The slider, it seemed like he couldn't have any command of. He got five swings and misses on the changeup. That's by far the best it's looked at any point. So it really just seemed like he couldn't get the slider consistently going. So that led to him leaning on the fastball, which, you know, he ends up going to Cedric Mullins up high. Against the lefty like that, he usually drops that slider in to destroy him. He didn't have the confidence to do it. I also it. noticed that after he had given up whatever, like the fifth or sixth home run, um, he was 96, 97 to start, and he was pitching angry, but then in like innings three through till the end, he was 93. Like he wasn't, uh, I think he was focusing more on locating than anything else because. He was getting hit at 96, 97, and then he started throwing 93. And I mean, I, I don't know that it really got any better, but <laughs> there was a noticeable decrease in velocity uh, as the innings went on. That's what the story was. It was just command over and over again. And when he couldn't trust things, you saw it. he became fastball changeup, which nice for Chris Sale. If that's what you're leaning on, sorry. And number one, a lineup like the Orioles that just smacked him up in spring training. They already got a bunch of great swings on him, what, two weeks ago mm-hmm. or whatever it is now, his second to last start. So they'd seen him recently. 
It's just, if he doesn't have the slider, Chris Sale isn't getting by. He didn't have it that day, and you saw what you saw. Yeah. But again, to your point, I don't think that's a hot take at all. Pete, are you worried about Chris Sale after one start? No, definitely not. I think it's, it's a, for be- lack of a better term, it's like riding a bike. Jesus, ah. <laughs> he's gotta, gotta, Come gotta on. get back on the horse and yeah, like you get a bike, back on baby. the horse. Yeah, don't say, don't use the bike thing. Oh, Come sorry. Uh, just side note: uh, Bruins are three wins away from being the best team in NHL history. How many games they have to win? Three and how many? Three remaining? out of five. Okay. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, Bruins. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna try to go to a playoff game. Let's go. <clears throat> I'd like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I was. Um, I think the thing that I noticed, because <clears throat> I mean, it's not like Chris Sale's outing was just complete dog shit in the beginning, and then it improved. But I was kind of noticing in the very beginning that he was getting hit hard early, so it was almost like uh, sentimental. I'm back. This is amazing. Chris Sale, happy Chris Sale to be back. That guy was getting hit hard. And then once he got hit hard, he just started blowing years by guys. I was like, we need angry, pissed off sale. That, that, that's the guy that we've seen for years that built a, a borderline Hall of Fame career. That was angry Chris Sale. It's always been angry Chris Sale. But I think sentimental sale was the guy that got hit hard. So I, until I need a larger sample size, I was happy with what the velocity was at. Uh, I think that he had, he did throw some good sliders. There were there were some sliders that you know if you're up there and you're a professional hitter, you don't even consider offering at. But the ones that were tempting, they were nasty. I mean, it's they're prototypical Chris Sale sliders that have fucking thirty inches of run. <sighs> you know, what Chris. Sale, I will you know say, what Chris Sale needs he needs. Uh, did you ever see the video of John Henderson from the uh, from the Jaguars before a game where he has like one of the we has one of the employees hit him in the face in the locker room and there's like the video where he the guy hits him in the face like that's not hard enough come on John I need blood in my mouth and he hits him again and he fucking is so amped up like Chris Sale needs one of those guys who just pisses him off in the locker room before the game and he goes out from first pitch is pissed off I am like a little scared that Chris L would get hurt if, if he had one of those guys like this start, Pete, like what you're saying, it kind of showed me why Alex Cora was like, yeah, you're not starting opening day. I'm sorry, we're not doing it because the minute he started getting hit, he's like, fuck it. I'm going back to 2021 in the ALCS. Here's 97 and I'm going to I don't care what's going to happen to my elbow. I need outs. And that's where the emotion takes over. And almost for him. Yeah, it plays when the thing when things are right for him, when he has actual command. The velocity is cool and all, but if you're a two pitch pitcher without the slider, then you're going to get hit every single time. I just think he needs a nice, peaceful start against the Tigers. Nothing crazy. Just go out there. Get through a couple starts, continue to get your mechanics back in order, and he'll be fine right now. Yeah, he looked ramped up. He looked a little excited, and I think that's what the Red Sox were kind of nervous about throughout this entire process. And I don't know. I think people who, you know, people want to write off sales. Shaughnessy had a friggin' article ready to go the next morning or whatever, laughing at him. Just, it's going to take time. The dude has not pitched consistently in years. Sometimes he's going to go out there and it's going to look like absolute dog shit. If that used to happen even when Chris Sale was in his prime and looking amazing, yeah, it's going to happen when he's trying to get years of rust off of him. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I need I need a larger sample before I can really it, it sucks. Like it obviously put a damper on the day and it was it was what we were it's what we've been talking about almost all off season, how the Red Sox need to get off to a good start in April and uh even today, I mean it was it was like forty four degrees out and it was even it felt even colder in the shade. But there are a lot of, you know, empty seats in the in the upper levels there. And um I, I obviously we'll get to the walk off on Saturday, but you know, it's easy to see why people, if they have tickets or are considering buying tickets for a game and being like, you know what, uh, I'll 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 wait until like I'll see if they're good or not, and then I'll check it out, or I'll wait until it's nicer. Like baseball is a warm weather sport, <clears throat> so but if if it were uh, a, a season that they were all in and felt like they could win a championship, and and they're going for it, and they've they've added these guys, and there's excitement, people would be like, "Fuck it!" Like look at look at the games in uh in in 2004. You know the, the it was like fucking snowing out and it's it's jam packed. You couldn't you couldn't buy a ticket and it was coming off a disappointing season in two thousand three. If if you win, people will come and I do think that people will come, despite the weather. Uh but I kind of look at this series as a microcosm for what the entire season could could be. I, I when you're when you're trying to evaluate baseball. Larger samples are always preferred. When you're talking about one series individually, you're talking about three games. Uh, you don't want to get too caught up in knee-jerk reactions, but it did feel to me like this series could be a microcosm of what the team is going to be, where it's like you have a starter go out there. Uh, Chris Sale gives up the seven runs. Tanner Houck today. Uh, well, first of all, I definitely fucked up a lot of what I've been saying. Chris Sale did not pitch on opening day. He pitched on Saturday. I'm all fucked up. I went to all three games. It's just all a blur right now. Uh, Tanner Howe goes the five innings, gives up the couple homers, the three runs, which is like, so honestly, like I'll take that. Like I'll take five innings, three runs from Tanner Howe. Sure. Fine. Give me that. Chris Sale needs to be better. Corey Kluber, not worried about Kluber. It was freezing out on opening day. And this is what's his, his career walk rate. What's his career walk rate, Tyler? I don't even have the career one in front of me, but I can tell you last year he was 99th percentile walk percentage. One point doesn't walk guys. I mean, it's fucking freezing outside. I, I was sitting there today. I had my hand. I was wearing a winter coat with a fucking thermal and a hoodie. I had my hands in my pockets and they were still freezing. I don't know how the fuck people go out there and play professional sports when they can't feel their hands. And if you're a pitcher and the whole purpose, the, the like one of the main things that you need to be able to, pitch in major league baseball is to feel your hands like you're feeling the the pressure points on the seams and trying to cut shit and and it's crazy so no i i don't th- i'm not gonna look at Corey kluber's outing and be like damn like you know what a, what a dud by heim and speaking of heim we haven't even mentioned this guy's name yet adam duvall that's a heim guy he went absolutely bananas in the series kenley jansen pitches for our baseball team Throwing 96 mile an hour cutters. Oh, mm. Kenley Jansen's washed up. We got the Dodger leftovers and <laughs> Justin Turner. He's 38 years old. Turner's been fucking great. He's been getting on base. Looks fine over at first base. Kenley Jansen throwing the 96 mile an hour cutters. Adam Duvall is hitting like 800. He doesn't even hit singles. 
He gets he he already has like fucking twenty extra base hits. We're three games into the season, so most ever for a Red Sox player through three games. Ever. Most extra base hits ever. 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 And he just missed a fucking another home run today. He hit the he hit the double off the wall and the wind was blowing in. I thought that was going out. So man, I I I again, you can't get too excited over three games. But if I were to ask you, Peter, mm-hmm. give give me give me a knee-jerk reaction from from watching these three games. Give me like a something where it's like, you know what? I think Adam Duvall is going to fucking leave the majors and extra base hits. I think he's going to have an OPS over a thousand. Like what, what was your knee jerk reaction out of? I mean, my knee jerk reaction is, is more overall than specific to a certain player, but like, it's, it's what I asked for last year where it's like, I just want an entertaining baseball team. This team, I don't know. Like it's been three games. Is this team going to be good? I don't know. But even if they're not good, it definitely feels like they're going to be entertaining. They're going to be a high event baseball team. And they're not going to like, thoroughly embarrass themselves and be dreadful to watch every day at the ballpark, which that's really all I'm asking for at this point. Like we can all agree. I think we're all thinking that like probably a bridge year, probably not going to win the world series this year. Like if they get in the playoffs, we'll probably be pretty happy about that. But as long as we have like several months of entertaining baseball on any given night, I think I'm going to be pretty happy. And it looks like that's what this team's going to give us. Tyler, give me plus a, betting the over a lot. Yeah, nine runs, nine runs a game will do that. We'll, we'll put some money in your pocket. The DraftKings Sportsbook. Tyler, give me a knee jerk reaction from this series. I guess my knee jerk reaction would kind of line up with Pete. I think this is a Red Sox team that you don't have to worry about them laying over like we saw at times last year. And I don't know if it was the PTSD of last season, but when I saw them go down early in Game One and Game Two, I was like. Oh, my God. I was like, game's already over. Like, I'm already thinking they've lost the first series of the season in my head. I'm like, there's no way because I'm so used to watching bullpens just lay over. They give up. Last year's bullpen would just let games go and go. If you were down a couple runs after three or four innings and it got to the bullpen, you knew the game was basically over. Game two completely changed the tone of that. After Zach Kelly was gone, what do you get? You get Josh Winkowski for two. You get John Schreiber in the seventh. Martin in the eighth. Kenley in the ninth. That sets you up for those kind of moments like you had in game two. And we just didn't have stuff like that last season. And it tells you when you have a bullpen that's actually well put together, that has, you know, not even a ton of depth right now, but enough depth and talent, you give yourself chances for a comeback. That's what this team does. And they put the ball in play. It's not the ups and downs with some of the strikeout issues we had at times last year. This Red Sox team is just going to give themselves more chances to win. And like Pete said, there's not a huge ceiling for them. I think we're all on the same page. But for them to show this early in the year, that kind of chip on their shoulder, there weren't many times we saw that at all last season. We've already seen it, what, three different times in three Dude, games. They, that says they something. Almost, they were fucking losing. Uh, what were they down on opening day? 7-1? Yes. Right. They were down 7-1 and lost, what, 9-8? 10-9? 10-9. Like, the fact that they battled back and made that a game and then on Saturday to be down 7-1 and 8-2, I believe, you fucking won that game. Just crazy. I mean, being there was nuts. Also, uh, were you at that game, Pete? Saturday? I was not, no. 
So I saw some people complaining about the LED lights, and they're like, "It looks stupid." I, t- I tweeted about that today. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? Did you say? I, you say I, said, I said I don't like them. I, I think they're one. I think they're very like unnecessary and unbecoming of the Red Sox. Like I know the Red Sox are trying to become a more hip franchise, but like Fenway Park is an old ass stadium, and having like that like weird fucking like unnecessary shit that like is sort of gimmicky feels unbecoming of Fenway a little bit. And also it looks terrible on the broadcast. It's pretty disorienting and it just like doesn't really add anything. And it takes away from like the celebration a little bit in my mind. Plus somebody pointed out it's awful for photographers. Oh, (laughs) I guess I didn't (laughs) think of that. Uh, So my point about that is that it looks a lot better in person than it. I bet it does. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I don't doubt that at all. And that was not even a, that wasn't even like a full night game. Like, so it wasn't even a 7 p.m. start. And it still was kind of like awful on the broadcast. It's going to be worse, I think, for for the night games. Yeah. So I don't like it. Like, I think that it's, they so, could, it's very unnecessary. I don't, I don't know that it's unnecessary. I think when done correctly, it could be cool. Like they were just kind of the, the walk off home run. They were just kind of shutting the lights off and turning them back on. Like throw some red in there, like that would well, be cool. That'd be so that'd be cool if they did like a like a red thing and a, like yeah. you know it would be sick a red or like a red LED light and then you get a white spotlight on the player rounding the bases. Yeah, do would be kind of yeah. dope. Yeah, I, and that would be some that would that would create for some sick pictures. As long as you've got like the subject lit up, the pictures are gonna be cool. So I'll say this about my experience being at Saturday's game. I am pro LED lights. I am pro light show. But it was very disorienting at first because I forgot that they were there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they didn't they didn't do the lights for any other home. Oh, they haven't had like a night game yet. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't do the they didn't do the lights until the walk off home run. So I completely forgot that they had them. So when Duvall hit the home run and it hit off the top shelf and I immediately was like, that's a home run. Like, I know that that hit the shelf and it's a home run. But I I knew that there was going to be some sort of discussion about it because, you know, how many fucking times have we seen a player hit a ball off the green monster? That's a home run. The ball shoots straight up in the air and then back onto the field. And then they're like, we need to take a look at it. If you hit a ball off a fucking wall, how many times does it go straight up? <laughs> like, obviously, it hit the top <laughs> shelf. Uh, so the, they start flickering the lights. I was like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, the fucking LED lights. This is sick. But. It looks a lot better in person than it does on TV. I do think that they should uh, mix in some color because I, I think what is it? The Cardinals, the Cardinals do some shit with with different colors, right? Like they go like, I think dark. so. Camden Yards mm-hmm. had it going last year for Felix Bautista yeah. a lot. They did it at Polar Park last year. Like it was a big thing at Polar Park. Yeah. Um, if you go back and kind of watch some of the home run highlights there. But yeah, I think it's an in-person thing. It's not on TV. It. It doesn't look great. Like, there's really no way around that. But it's an experience thing. I think that's why Alex Cora was like so heavy about it after the game. He couldn't stop talking well, about it. I thought it was I so cool. Yeah. It, so, I I get what you're saying, Pete. About it's Fenway Park. It opened in 1912. It's supposed to be like old vibes or whatever. But I don't know. Like, it's I don't want it to be like old and stuffy. But I, I just think that they don't need like super gimmicky shit 
I don't think it's gimmicky. I think, I think that it's pretty gimmicky. It's not. It's not gimmicky. It's like, I think the bullpen cart is gimmicky. Where it's like, hey, look at you know, we're fucking bringing another. Like, I think <laughs> that's gimmicky. Fun. Yeah, like, goofing I, around because it's that's unnecessary. Like everyone just jogs out of the bullpen. Maybe some guys prefer jogging out of the bullpen because they that's how they like get loose and warm up and get the blood flowing. But uh, they're also like I maybe I might like it more if like they were first on this train. But now they're pr- they're pretty late. Like a lot of other ballparks do this. Like, so it just feels they're, like they're, they're like kind the of jumping on a trend. Fifth. So I actually I was just looking at this. There's more than a dozen now. Basically, they did the classic ballparks. It's Dodger Stadium, Wrigley and Fenway that added them this year. But they're now over a dozen in the MLB level. OK, that's still not that's less than half. I'm not hating on the lights. I like the fucking lights. I just think that we can do better in terms of what we do with them. Like, don't just shut them off and turn them back on and do like a strobe light shit. Like, do like like make it a fucking show, like make put like the red lights and and do whatever like do, there's definitely ways to make it cooler it's almost if you're, just, if you're gonna if you're gonna make it a strobe light give the red Sox fucking black light jerseys <laughs> <laughs> you know what they really need to do talk about you know protecting fenway and keep the sanctity of the old ballpark you know what they really need to do what get that fucking organist out of there Get them the fuck out of there. No one cares. Like, what do you mean? The organist? You don't like the organ at Fenway Park? Really, Pete? Really? Are you talking about the specific organist? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) That guy is a fucking asshole. Uh, I don't like the organist, but it's a it's a sporting. It's a legendary sporting venue arena. So why wouldn't you have like just be bumping music like Dodger Stadium? They have the dot. This is why this is why the Fenway Park organist sucks beyond just him being a whiny prick on Twitter. Uh, he's just fucking he, he plays like like oldies bops. That's all he does. He plays the same 10 songs over and over again. The <clears throat> Dodgers. The Dodger Stadium organist will. <laughs> this is I wonder if right the Dodgers word. have the same organist as the L.A. Kings because the L.A. Kings he guy is. play. Oh, is it? He'll he play the, like modern music. Yes. Yes. He played like the Game of, Game of Thrones theme song. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. yeah, like yep. that shit is very cool. And that's he always cool. like he always ties it in with like something that's happening. Pop culture. That's like relevant pop culture. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, I, I forget what he did wanna, recently, but it was like someone. Shout out. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. I've tweeted him before, but yeah, Fenway Park organist sucks, and the Dodger Stadium organist is—he's uh, awesome. He he'll play. Anything. Dieter Rule. Okay. I'm so happy you said that name. I was about to try and pronounce it, and I was not going to pronounce it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah Dieter Rule. Not that Pete is the best at sounding things out either. What are you What are you talking about? You remember when you said the word Ari for oh, a rye, dude? I. Did I remind you of that recently? No, because it always sticks. Yeah. Oh, you reminded me that it was you. I always thought that I said it on brunch and DJ was like, what the fuck? But it was you. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that was like six years ago. Leave nah, me alone. I have Asperger's, dude. I remember everything. <laughs> yeah. Tyler just did it the other day. What, what, what was the word that you fucked up? Oh, I don't know. It was bad. Oh, um, 
No, I, I, it was a saying. It was the, the straw that broke the no, camel's no, no, no. back. It was, I, it was when I listened to you on another podcast. <laughs> I mean, you just made one earlier, like t- like five minutes oh. ago. You said uh, laying over, which is a flight. That's what happens when, you're, when you take a flight and you land and you take another flight. Rolling over is, oh, is what yes. you do when you get your ass beat uh, or, or laying <laughs> feel- down. You mix the two. <laughs> I feel like you're being picky right now. I feel like you're being a little picky, Pete. <laughs> Uh, the people of the podcast understand my deficiencies. It was uh, barring. Yes, bearing. Yes, How did I say yes, 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 yes. You said uh, I don't even remember. You said bearing, but you meant barring. You're like bearing any future injuries. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good accountability by you. I you I, can I, bear I, injuries though. Like you can show people. Yeah, your injuries. Sure, you can show people your future injuries. So I'm with you here, Tyler. <laughs> but he definitely, Thank you, he Pete. definitely. Thank you. He, he meant it that way. For sure. He's an idiot. Yeah. Um, Jake, do you have any knee jerk reactions from from this Baltimore Orioles opening series? I mean, my actual knee jerk reaction is that we have the best offense in baseball and are going to win the World Series. But mm-hmm. realistically, it's it's kind of like what Pete said. It's hopefully it's just going to be a fun team to watch, and I think you can see that pretty early on. So I'm just happy that uh, the vibes are up to start the season. Yeah. How do you feel about the lights? I actually like the lights, but well, I will say there. I might have been caught in the moment a little bit because, like, it's hard to watch a walk-off home run after you came down, came back from down seven to one, and be like, "All oh, these lights fucking suck." But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a real <laughs> asshole take. Be like, well, the game was okay, but fuck the fucking lights ruined it. Yeah, yeah. But I think in person it's a lot better than how it looks on the broadcast. Yeah. I think they should do the light thing. I know they didn't need it on Saturday, but they should do the light thing if like they're they're down by a couple runs and there's two outs in the ninth inning. And there's a uh, like a nice little pop fly to to center field or left field when it looks like the game's gonna gonna end. Just throw those lights on real quick. Yeah. See if he drops it. <laughs> Might as well. Home field advantage, bitch. By the way, I, I someone told me that Ryan McKenna, who dropped the fly ball in left field, is from New Hampshire and grew up a Red Sox fan. Yeah, he went to, uh, all right, I'm going to pronounce, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but he went to St. Thomas Aquinas, Aquinas High School I, in Dover. New, oh, yep. What was it, Pete? Aquinas or Aquinas, one of those two. In Dover, New <laughs> Hampshire. <laughs> it's funny because it rhymes with penis. St. Thomas's penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jake, while we have you, can you, uh, can you talk to us about Blue Moon real quick? I sure can, Jared. And I would start by saying that some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. And just in time for opening day, Blue Moon is teaming up with another ballpark brand and launching throwback merch collection with Ebbets Field Flannels. Look, there's a lot of times where I can enjoy a nice cold Blue Moon to take the edge off, but none more than on Thursday afternoon after we did the David Ortiz interview. I mean, this fucking Tyler kid, I gave him the time, I gave him the address, I told him where to go, I had people in the lobby waiting for him, and wouldn't you know, he's late. He's late for a goddamn David Ortiz Big Poppy interview. I got people running around downstairs trying to find him, I got Ortiz's talent rep in my ear being like, let's go, let's go, we gotta start this thing. I got Tyler texting me, I don't know where I am, my phone's about to die. But in hindsight, it's kind of on me because that was the most on-brand Tyler Milliken thing of all time. And at the end of the day, it made for a pretty funny moment, and it was very on-brand for the Name Redacted podcast. 
But I will say, when I got home and I saw that the audio was good, the video was all good, and that it was a successful interview, when I cracked open that blue moon at the end of the day, that was one of my favorite blue moons I've ever had. So shout out Tyler for that one. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored, with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoon.com for throwback baseball merch with Ebbets Field flannels, or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you. that. Uh, you don't hate Jake. Carry on. You don't hate Jake. Um, uh, so Saturday's Saturday's game was obviously the highlight of the series. When we talk about, I mean, if if fucking Ryan McKenna doesn't drop that ball. This is not a happy podcast because I even said I was like, if they if they lose the first two games, if they come back in back to back games, huge deficits just to lose by one run in both of those games. And there was one play, I believe it was on Saturday when Rafael Devers got thrown out trying to stretch a, a single into a double and he gets thrown out at second base. And then Justin Turner promptly doubled right after that. So in my mind, I'm thinking, perfect. The the Red Sox are going to lose by one run and they should, this game should be tied. It should not be over because of that uh, Devers blunder at second base. Um, but they end up winning that ball game, coming back, second game of the season. First victory of the season is a walk-off home run by Adam Duvall, his second home run of the game. Uh, how, how many hits did he have in that game? Four, four, four for five, four for five. Uh, and four extra base a hits, single right? shy of the yeah, cycle. Four extra yeah. base hits. Yeah, he had two homers. He had the inside, uh, in, not inside the park home run. He had the ground rule double down the right field line. Um, it was just, it was just a hell of a day for old Adam Duvall, who is uh, someone that you're going to have to keep an eye on this year. You know, he's someone that you're going to have to protect and, and keep him fresh because uh, if he can if he can swing it like that, then that's that's an impact bat. That's that's what we were talking about in the offseason when we were looking up and down the lineup. You bring back not bring back. He was coming back anyway. You pay Rafael Devers, but then you look at this lineup. And you're like, oh, well, who the fuck is protecting him? 
You bring in Justin Turner. All right, cool, Justin Turner. But you might at some point see a little lineup shuffle where Adam Duvall's the guy that's hitting behind Rafael Devers. I don't know. There's a lot of swing and miss there. I'm not tinkering with the lineup. You score nine runs in three straight games. I'm not tinkering with shit. But also Alex Verdugo, a guy that looks really good in this series, hit the homer on Saturday to to that basically sparked the comeback. That, that like the Red Sox were dead. The Red Sox were on the verge of getting blown the fuck out until Verdugo hits that home run on Saturday. Uh, had two RBI hits on Sunday. Uh, I think the second RBI hit for him was the knock that essentially kept Kenley Jansen from having to be used in back-to-back games. You end up going to fucking Caleb Ort in the ninth. Stop You it. go to Caleb Ort in the ninth instead of having to use your closer in back-to-back games. Kenley Jansen, we don't need you. Why don't you take a seat? Because Alex Verdugo just knocked in a run to make it nine to five. Oh, sit on down, Kenley, because here comes fucking Caleb Ort, baby. No goose egg in the ninth inning. Woo! They were already so nervous that Kenley was warming. Kenley had already started warming after that double. They were like, you know what? We're we're not taking any chances here. Let's keep them loose because at any second, Caleb Ort is going to implode. At any second, they well, were right. He didn't. Somehow, thank the heavens. What do you mean? Somehow he throws a hundred. Good for him. Spare me, dude. I think if it also gave up runs. No, he didn't. Not this outing. Not this yeah, outing. Last again, outing. In the second inning of work, if you keep Caleb Ort as a one inning guy, he throws th- uh, two scoreless appearances in in this series, and they probably win the game. They probably sweep. They probably sweep if you keep Caleb Ort to to one inning of work. Uh, Chris Martin looked good, too, as well. Efficient. Back to the Chris Martin that just throws nothing but strikes. All three games? Yes, he did. Hmm. Because he pitched the ninth inning on uh, Thursday, right? On opening day. I think Schreiber pitched all three games as well. Yeah. Did he pitch on opening day? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Schreiber's velocity is not what we're used to seeing from him. Nope. It's back to uh, low 90s again. Like low 90s. Like 91, 92. Yeah. It's scary. Like th- these are the consequences of what you did to him last year, which is like not ideal. But at the same time, what can you do? Like they need to rely on him, especially this early in the year. And I was happy core was aggressive. Today, first one after Hulk. Quiet it down. Just go out there and give us a scoreless inning. He's getting out. It looks like spring training. He was trying to learn how to pitch without it. You just kind of have to hope it comes back at some point. Because, you know, if you have to depend on him to cover an eighth inning one night, you might be sweating a little bit. Am I crazy or does he have like a different arm angle too? Um, that didn't stand out to me. No, he definitely. I don't know. To me, he looked more. I, I guess. Out, like like not like a sidearm guy, but it it was le- it was not it was closer to what is this in geometry? What is this? What angle is this? If it's straight, this is a ninety degree angle, right angle. That's then, a right angle. But then what That's is an this? obtuse angle? This is a hundred eighty degree angle. Yeah, it was closer to one hundred eighty degrees than it was to ninety degrees. I figured that out. I got there. Proud of you, buddy. Thank you. 
By the way, Schreiber only pitched uh, two games. He did not pitch up. Okay. Day. Um, but yeah, I noticed the velocity's down for John Schreiber, but he's still getting outs. To Tyler's point, I'm not concerned about John Schreiber until until he starts getting tagged because the velo is not there, and he if he's like missing his spots with 91, then that's certainly not ideal. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, Kenley. Mm. Mm. I, I was shocked to see his velocity jump at his age, but the broadcast said that he's gone from one of the slowest workers to one of the fastest workers. For So for people who thought like, hey, pitch clock error, Kenley Jansen is not going to be able to keep up. It seems like it's helping him more than anything. Yeah. He's throwing harder. Well, one appearance. We'll see. He's got to hold up. But for that one appearance, I, I was very excited. I was a big Kenley fan. Uh, prior to him coming to Boston, loved him in L.A. Uh, I, one of those guys that when I'm when I'm st- staying up at night on the East Coast, watching West Coast baseball would always get jacked up for uh, Kenley Jansen coming out of the bullpen to California love. And then that last season in Atlanta, obviously, I'm very honed in on the Braves. That's a fa- I don't know why I still don't to this day. Don't know why the Braves fans have accepted me as one of their own. And uh, I reciprocate that love right back. So watching the Braves last year, seeing Kenley. Was very excited to see him come to Boston, and uh, that one appearance made it move a little bit. One name we haven't mentioned at all: Masataka Yoshida. Mm. Yeah, I, I, that rocks. I saw some people kind of getting negative on him early this game, and I was already surprised how quickly three it straight at bats. I, you're not, I'm not the one saying it. I'm not. But there was a certain Twitter account that was kind of out there saying, you know, Yoshida's not hitting anything hard. Dude, after his Who first game, he had 100%. At? I will not say it. I'm not, it's not even was worth it giving the attention game, to it. I'm, I think it was game two, the Saturday game, where he had a, uh, like a pitch where he basically just like half swung and he put it out to the triangle. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, so. yeah, on Saturday, he was out in front and it was one of those just like, Flick of the wrist swing, like a one arm swing. Yes, and it went into the warning track of the triangle, which is north of four hundred feet. So there's got to be a ballpark where that's a home run somewhere in in the in the big leagues. Uh, Even in the first game, everything he hit was ninety miles per hour. Not, I believe two of them were over a hundred, and the other two were in the nine. I mean, like that first game, like not for nothing. If he had a terrible first game, you throw that in the trash because you'd be like nerves like first game in Major League Baseball, like probably a little nervous. Mm. Yeah, he had two hits and then I think he walked and did he swipe a bag? Yep, he stole one today as well. I I think that was on the walk. Yeah, it was right after the walk. Honestly, dude, I'm going to say this. (laughs) This is going (laughs) to. It's going to be a very obvious statement and it's going to it's going to sound very, very bougie and privileged, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm brave. I retain so much more information sitting next to the Red Sox dugout than if I sit in Section 10, if I sit in State Street Pavilion, uh, don't if, say I'm watching, it, if I'm watching at home, <laughs> there's just too many distractions. Like if I'm sitting in Section 10, it's like you got fucking everyone is like coming over. Stacy Pavilion, like it's a fucking party up there. Uh, if you're watching at home, in my case, I'm watching eight other games. So I'm kind of just I'm watching, but I'm watching these other games and I'm tweet like when I'm sitting 
next to the Red Sox dugout. You've got the entire Red Sox team sitting to your right, and I'm just, I'm locked in. Like, I'm watching every fucking pitch. I'm watching every detail. I'm, I'm watching, I'm just watching every little thing that's going on. And I sat there for the last two games, and it's just, it's a very unique baseball fan viewing experience. And like, I didn't take any notes from this series, but I'm just kind of going off of what I remember. But I missed um, like three innings of opening day because for like 45 straight minutes, people were just doing shoeies out in the bleachers. Mm. It was insane. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it. One guy did a shoey and everybody's like, holy shit, that's insane. And then like it was there was like a 20 minute break. And I don't know if the same guy did it or another guy did it. And the crowd was like, another person's doing it. And then it was like the best case of peer pressure ever, where like everybody saw the love that everybody that those guys were getting. And they just kept doing it more and more. I, I kid you not, for like over a half an hour, there wasn't more than five minutes without a shoey. It was crazy. I don't know if it was your video or someone else's. It was mine. But I know I, I know that you tweeted one, but I, yeah. I saw multiple. I believe that there was a gentleman who drank beer out of an Ugg boot. Ugg boot, and it was not his. Uh, clearly not. It was another not. person's mm. Ugg boot. Did he at least know the person? Do we know? No idea. I would hope that, that he at least knew the person. Not that that makes it any better. It, it's not any better. Eh. I guess I guess it is. It is a there. little bit better when it's yours because you you know, like I don't have fungus. I don't like profusely sweat through my feet. I'll just say this: I if I absolutely had to, I don't know what the circumstances would be. I don't know if it has to be as extreme as as life or death. But if I were put in a, in a position where, uh, some serious consequences existed if i didn't drink a beer out of pete's shoe i would feel comfortable doing it because it's pete yeah okay what about tyler no <laughs> what no you're disgusting that is you're disgusting no what no. does that mean no dude I, I actually i was reading some very positive comments on my style in the subreddit you did bring it today so yeah you did you look thank you i'm a cute Except kid thursday uh, uh that is re- would you drink out of jake's shoe yes Jared? yeah fuck what? you so, you're so gross, here's my dude. here's the justification where i think what's gross about no, 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 me? i don't think you're gross but i think you own way less pairs of shoes than me and jake i don't know i don't know really? about that i have a are lot a, of shoes are you sneakerhead i i was very heavy in college oh, in high okay school. all right I, once i graduated and i was broke i had to stop okay i have a little shoe game i do that you were in some nice you were wearing pretty nice jordans mm-hmm. on uh on thursday I, I would consider those low Whoa, tier. Those are pretty wow. solid. They just match. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You'll see it over wow. time. Do we Tyler's have any more thoughts? Some, like, Tyler's got some sneaky, sneaky heat out of nowhere. Yeah. Sometimes. Dude, I grew up in Brockton. Like, you have to have a certain level of swag going to Brockton High every day. You do. You can't just show up in there rocking nothing. Yeah. I got shoved in a locker my first week of high school. <laughs> I didn't because I'm not a nerd. No, that's because you can't fit. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh my god <laughs> jesus christ god damn right, i'm out i'm out i'm out i'm holy out. Fuck. i gotta take that l on the chin i gotta wow. jake doesn't even have to record something no jake doesn't have to record anything just play that on holy repeat, please fuck dude. god wow it's okay jesus cool. christ it's cool uncalled for but it's cool wow <laughs> 
Fuck you, Pete. Hey, yo, Sorry, what Tyler. the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> You're the same as them. No better. That's crazy that he did that to you like that. <sighs> um, I love you, Tyler. I'm bad. I've had a really hard week. <laughs> I've had I, a, I, it's, hard been a, week. it's been a really hard week. Yeah. You picked a bad time. Yeah. Wow. This is Pat 2.0. Jesus. <sighs> Jake's just laughing. <laughs> cool. It's fine. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, let's, uh, let's get to that David Ortiz interview before we drizzle that ketchup uh, and, and do the stop and shop look ahead. Uh, do we know other final thoughts on, on the series? I don't think so. Uh, Jake? I will say uh, Justin Turner, just an uh, an unbelievable case of pandering with uh, Augustana, Boston. Yeah, it were it's it's so good. It's a sneaky banger that probably a lot of people haven't heard since high school. Uh, and then it also works perfectly. It's like I think I'll go to Boston. I think I'll start a new life. Uh, yeah, and then it talks about like leaving L.A. Yeah. Or get out of California. Yeah. I don't, I don't even think that that's pandering. I think that he probably was really emotional leaving the Dodgers, but he was excited to be reunited with Kike. Uh, by the way, Saturday when Kike hit his first home run, uh, the Nesson cameras didn't show it, but they brought back the fucking, the, the bumping dicks celebration. How electric would that have been if it made the broadcast? So when Kike hit the home run today, I made sure to to grab the video, but there was a security guard standing in the way and someone else was standing in the way. So it wasn't a good angle. But on Saturday, I didn't know it was coming. I would have videoed that. I had a perfect view of it. Uh, they just they just like dap up and then fucking hump each other's cocks. It was crazy. <laughs> they do oh, it man. hard, too. I don't know. I mean, they must be wearing cups, I would assume. She got those titanium uh, dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make that my actual final thought. Two home runs for Kike after all the conversations this spring about the resume, about all that other mm -hmm. stuff. Tanks. And for Xander Bogarts to go out and hit two, they matched each other. Kike went out there and did it. That says something yeah. to me. 
especially because he didn't hit a ton even when he came back at the end of last yeah. year. Also, I, I think the, the Red Sox don't know what the shocker is because Kike, Kike got a RBI knock today and then looked at the dugout and did the shocker. And then the Red Sox Instagram account put a picture of him doing that as like the first picture on the carousel. So I, someone said that it was also something to do with like the Vols, Tennessee. I don't know that that's their thing, but where I grew up, that's the shocker. That's two in, two in the pink, one in the stink, sure brother. is. Yeah. Without further ado, David Ortiz. All right. We're here with my brother from another model, David Ortiz, uh, fellow Dominican who, who bled. This is Pete, my by the way. I know you guys have Pete, what's up, man? How are you? You got to leave large, man. <laughs> Listen, that's my, my one thing that I can't do. <laughs> That's true. It's coming, bro. It's a little guy. People hanging out with me. Uh, before we started, I asked you. I was like, people were trying to take away my Dominican status during the World Baseball Classic. I was like, if I get the blessing from David Ortiz that I'm an honorary Dominican, no one can take that away. Not even Christopher Columbus. No. The Dominican Republic. No. All right. So yes or no, honorary Dominican. I got you, baby. I got Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. On the note of World Baseball Classic, how much were you taking in? I know that you were doing some coverage there. Mm-hmm. How much were you taking in the World Baseball Classic? Man, I tell you what, um, I learned something new. And that is that Japan, sooner than later, is going to be, uh, I would say, baseball wise, it's going to be at this level because. Yeah. What I saw coming from Japan, I mean, just think about it. The best player on earth right now, I said right now, where is he from? Japan. That tells you a lot. Yeah. It didn't come from the Dominican. It didn't come from the state. It came from Japan. And there's a reason why you saw Japan, uh, Japan beating the U.S. They are getting it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, we had the best baseball on earth. And those guys, they came, they came in and competed against us and showed, showed us what they are capable of. So look out, from, look out for what is coming from Japan uh, in the next five, ten years. We talked about this when I <clears throat> went down to your house. We did the two-hour interview, and I brought this home run up. You hit a home run at the Tokyo Dome that was like 600 feet, and everyone watches that replay. But what people <laughs> don't know was that was maybe a week, less than a week after you guys won the World Series in 2004. So you won the World Series in 2004. They put you on a plane to Japan. You go play against like the Japanese all-star team, and then you hit a baseball that essentially like went through the roof in the Tokyo Dome. Like what would you do? How big of a gap between the talent in Japan then, which obviously didn't seem very mm-hmm. good, and to right now, like how, how big of a difference do you think it is? Well, to be honest, pitcher-wise, picture, there is way more velocity now than what it used to be back then. Back then, pitchers were more of a trying to keep you off of balance, uh, searching pitches, but I, I didn't really saw consistently 94, 95 back then from coming from over there. Now, you see guys, I saw this guy named uh, Rocky... Uh, Sasaki. Yeah, he throws 102. 102 miles an hour, dude. And then you go from there to Otani, and their bullpen was 97 plus. So that impressed me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely different now. Yeah. And more velocity. Uh, um, 
More velocity, and this is something that I say, I probably, I probably can say that I might hit better in this era than my era because... You would hit better now than you did then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you say that? Why? Because more velocity, less location. Yeah, that's true. And I used to hunt the, the guys that have issues locating their pitches. And I was a fastball hitter, so do you, Matt? <laughs> and, and they would ban the shift. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that pitchers nowadays are worse than uh, – because I played the other day. I mean, I, I, I didn't play 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this era of pitcher today, it was the era that was walking in my last five years playing until now. Like, like my last year, my last five year playing, the guy was throwing 100 already. You know what I'm saying? But I figured that they have issues locating their pitches, more likely. More than the guy that was 93, 94, you know, their focus was, their go-go location was, was I, I don't know if, if, if you can look at it mm -hmm. in numbers. I mean, era, I mean, time-wise. But I would say the guys, I mean, when you face a right holiday, he was 95 up to probably 97 on his good day. But the way he's located his pitches, he's done Matt Musina, mm -hmm. you know, Roger Clemens, those guys, it, it, was, it was different. It was, it was more location than, because they know that, that he, letting pitches on the play, was, they were going to have issues. Yeah. Tyler, how we doing? Hey. So good. We're battling a little bit. How we doing? Hey. How you doing? Uh, how you doing? So uh, the big debate during the World Baseball Classic was like, does it matter? Does it not matter? Is it exhibition? Uh, guys were comparing it to the World Series, saying, you know, like a Randy Rosarino was like that catch was a bigger moment than anything I ever did in the World Series. Trey Turner said it was a better environment. You've won three World Series. <clears throat> you played in the World Baseball Classic in '06 when it was the first one. What I mean. Winning in Boston is obviously different from winning somewhere else, but you obviously have a ton of pride with the Dominican Republic. So what? it's hard to say which one would mean more to you. I think it's like impossible to even put you in a spot to compare them, but how would you compare winning in the World Baseball Classic for the Dominican Republic to winning a World Series with the Red Sox? You're always looking for winning, you know? And to be honest with you, there's no difference in winning for your country for me, there's no difference between winning for your country than winning for uh, New England. New England was like my second home compared to my first home. Like, they're both home for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? New England, give me a career. Dominican, give me uh, who I am. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't went through New England and bye-bye see you. I, I did a career that I, I make a living there. You guys means a lot to me. You guys made me better. And then my country also. So I, I will say this. The WBC, you get the best out of everybody. Everybody, everybody is trying to do, everybody has a purpose. You know, saying that when you play in the World Series. I will compare the WBC to the World Series, not to the regular season, not even to the to the semifinal. 
I would say World Series. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling that embraces you during the during the uh, WBC. Yeah, it's yeah. At that sounds level. like it matters. I, I, <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I if I if I'm MLB, I would do that every year. You said not every year right, we'll because it's, it's a little challenging. Yeah, every two years. Every two years. Every two good. years. Every two years. It's because they it, it, this year the WBC sent a huge message. Baseball is in good hands. You know, yeah. and, and the talent coming from everywhere, it's nasty. But like, so for, for the, the MLB <clears throat> World Series comparison to the World Baseball Classic, I think one of your most, your loudest bat flip in your entire career was against Cuba in 06. And like, I just found the clip this year. Like, I, ever since it happened, I've been looking for that clip ever since. You just like helicoptered a bat flip. Someone, someone said something to you. I don't know if it was the catcher. Somebody pissed you off. What was the story? Because you're not like you'll pimp a homer, but like you wanted like the whole world to know that you pimped a homer off this dude. I don't know, man. It, it was it was something like uh, um, in Latin America, the game is different. Uh, we don't we don't we don't take the game as personal as we take it here. Down there, it's more. It's more of a. For let me show you what I got. Mm-hmm. During those nine innings, here is. <laughs> I tell you what, my era playing the big league was basically the one era that basically opened the door for everything that is going on nowadays. That's fair. You know. Now a bad flea is fun to watch. In my day, a bad flea was like, what the hell is he doing? All right. You know what I'm saying? No, bro, I'm telling you, I'm doing, if you strike me out, you can dance and do whatever you want. That will make me better. Yeah. Because I don't want you dancing all night on my ass, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I will try to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? But when I first got to the big league, if you do something funny, next thing you know, you got a ball coming at your head because it was disrespectful and whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, but people want to see what is going on nowadays. When I see a guy do it badly or somebody going crazy in the mouth because strike your ass out, that's I want to see that again. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the challenge. That's the challenging part of the game. I know some old timers. Some 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 old old timers. They think it's disrespectful. You know, I'm going to be an old timer too, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's different. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to know is obviously you had an unbelievable career here, and now you're like essentially a god, even when you come back. <laughs> Was there any point during your career where you like felt the shift between just being a star around here and then being like, oh shit, like I am the dude? No, you know, in baseball, <clears throat> the one thing about baseball is that you can never take anything for granted. You know what you are capable of. Um, at some point, it was very challenging to me because uh, emotions, you know, they take you to do things. People have no idea how we feel when we get things done at the right time. We are human just like everybody else. Just because we are we have the ability to hit a baseball, which is almost impossible, 
<laughs> I'm not gonna doubt that. It's almost impossible to hit a baby. It's, it's like it's like trying to hit a a, 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 a flash. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how it is. Flash, boom, hit it. You know, but we practice that. God gave us. We, we we I would say baseball player. We get we born with a God given talent, and then we practice it over and over and over to be able to be consistent at it. But Nobody that doesn't like baseball, all of a sudden, boom. Unless you are uh, J.D. Drew. <laughs> yeah, that dude's wrestling alligators. <laughs> J.D. Drew have the most incredible talent, but he, he only used it the when he wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I love J.D. Drew. You know, I'm just messing with him. But anyway, uh, you once you know that you got the talent to play baseball, Bro, and you work on it, and you finally figure it out, the excitement coming out of it is another type of level. And, and, and I would not compare baseball player to any other sport because, for example, when you are a, you are a 240 pound guy that you can run at 40 miles an hour and nobody can stop you, I would say anybody can train to get there. You know what I mean? When you are 6'8", and you are fast as shit, and you are cut off, a lot of people can train to that. Train to hit a baseball. See what happens. See how lucky you get. <laughs> I've tried. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say, I mean, I'm not discriminating any other sport. But what I'm trying to tell you, when we finally figure it out and we, you know, and God give you the time and to be able to come through, like, like I'm going to tell you, I sit down to watch baseball game right now and I get, uh, I will tell you this, when I sit down to watch baseball, a, a baseball game, any, any baseball game, you know those moments always shows up when you are expecting somebody to come through. And when you don't see that, like you get excited, expecting, and when you don't see it, you be like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, okay, the next guy. Oh, shit. <laughs> the next guy. God damn. We lost. You know, that is something that you see it a lot. And you probably got seen the best hitter on the team. You're watching the best hitter on the team, but, but the thing is that it's hard to accomplish that. So when you, what I'm trying to say is when you get to be able to accomplish that, a lot of excitement comes out because it's hard to do, you know? So I remember the baffling that you talk about, this guy in Latin America, we played the game. It's, can, can, you, can you say bad words here? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a fuck you against fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the way we play. Yeah. That's why you see Latin players doing some crazy shit you know, be. it's because of the challenge that we grow up into it. You're not trying to embarrass anybody when you do it playing here. It's just your nature. It is your nature. I'm serious. Like, like some people take it personal. Some people be like, no, 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 no. We grow up into that environment. And when those emotions pop, it's hard to hide it. You know, it's, it's, it's like if you, if you grow up eating cereal every day, and you go to Jamaica, what's the first thing you're gonna ask for? Can I have some cereal? 
You know what I'm saying? Because you grow up into it. That's 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 exactly how it goes. So during that I bet, that guy threw me uh, he threw me a couple of pitches. And when he got me in, mm, I think he threw me like in a split finger, second strike, and I swung and missed it. And when the catcher gave the ball back, he was like, you ain't be poppy, let's fucking go. Like, come on. <laughs> That's how we played the yeah. game back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw that shit, I went like, oh, shit. <laughs> she just wake up the monster. Come on, man. I need it. Yeah. I needed it. Like, when he did that, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. It was Dave Ruiz. Now it's big poppy hitting. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to sneak that fast from me. I hit that shit out of the stadium, by the way. <laughs> Nobody got that baseball. It was, I hit it. I, that shit it was just honestly appeared. disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what, what, what's next? Emotions. Mm-hmm. And he was lucky that I just flipped my back. I want to get naked and run the bases naked. <laughs> <laughs> what's the biggest like one-on-one that you remember that you were like, I want the better of this dude more than anything? I get the... Listen... To be honest with you, I got the best out of everybody every night because they know how good I was. You, 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 listen, you better, you better make a good pitch. I mean, when I was locked in, if you make a mistake, I would hurt you. <laughs> That's how it was. But is there anybody that you were like, I need, I need to get the better of them in this one at bat, like that you can remember on your career? Oh, like I say, Everybody know, and you can ask any pitcher in the big league. Like, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, how can I tell you this? No disrespect against nobody. Every pitcher give you a hard time. Because, listen, when you have good numbers against a pitcher, it's that you got three hits and he got you off seven times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... They are good also. They are like, they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? But it was those, those, those guys out there that they either know that they don't have the stuff to get you out or, or you were locked in. Because the same guy you're facing and all of a sudden you're for 10 against them. That's how basically go back and forth. But the, the one thing that, can, that I can tell you, you have to work your way out to be consistent all year round. And it's not like you're going to get three hits all year round. But... Mm-hmm. Consistent is like, okay, I went 0 for 30, but all of a sudden I went 15 for 15. And that kind of give you a balance, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now you go back to hit 300. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But um, the one thing that worries me about the game nowadays is that everybody's just thinking about hitting for power because that's what, it's, that, that's what gets you paid. So, so sometimes the fun part of the game, the blooper, the line dry, opposite field, uh, they move the runner over, the fly ball, and, uh, Facing a nasty guy, those those type of things sometimes, because the guys are not worried as much are hitting about hitting con, on uh, contact, making contact with the ball. Nowadays, it, it, it kind of like reduces a little bit the, the 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 excitement about watching good batters. So one of our favorite bits on the podcast is what World Series means the most to you. Mm. I'm 24 years old. He's I didn't experience he 2004. He thinks 07 is the best one. He's I'm not idiot. saying it's the best one, but <laughs> what does 07 mean to you? You brought up J.D. Drew earlier, and I was so excited just to hear his name. Mm-hmm. Does it, as Jared says, does it not matter, or does that hold a special place in your heart? It matters. It's just fourth. That's all. Be honest. You can call him an old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Every word series have a different meaning and, and, and also an especial, a special meaning for everybody. You know, if I'm you guy, I'd, be, I'd just be glad of knowing that during you guys' decade, four word series has been accomplished because every single one of you have pants that never saw a word series. Never. Like when I first got here and I find out that New England haven't won a World Series in 86 years, I got worried. <laughs> <laughs> I got worried. We're like, 86 years? God damn, you guys suck. <laughs> I don't want to be part of that shit. No, I'm just kidding, man. But 86 years is a long time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I came here from a sucking-ass team, the Minnesota Twins. They didn't take them 86 years to win one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They won on 80-something. And I'm going to tell you what, man. I mean, I, I don't remember the, the, the longest I was there having a season, at least a 500 season, like a 500% winning season. Not, I don't remember. I can't be wrong, but I got to look through it. But it was a beating after beating after beating. You don't see the light when you are losing as much. You know what I'm saying? So you come here, and then the first thing that hits you, going through the parking lot in the street training, is like, hey, buddy, we haven't won in 86 years, so good <laughs> so luck. Step it up. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> you know, but I saw the passion. Coming from the team, coming from the city, coming—I mean, the passion was there, because that—that's—that's that's one of the things that will not keep you away from winning for a long time. Mm -hmm. The passion coming from the fans need to know this: the more passionate that you get about your team, and the more you support your team, the better chance you have of winning a World Series. If you don't believe me. The Cubs. Mm -hmm. Who in the hell thought that the Cops was going to win a World Series? What year was? Um, 1908 was the last Yeah, how long, how long was the wait? It was 108 years. Okay, but guess what happened with the fans for the Cops? It was a sold out every day. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we know you guys suck, but we're going to get, get We're going to come to the field and get fucked up. Have fun. <laughs> Clap for whatever, get a hit. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. That's how it was. Yeah. That's how it was. And all of a sudden... What happened? They start putting th good things together. You know, it happened when people, I mean, like, I remember, let's say during, during my boy Sammy Sosa time, it was a sold out. They know they were going to lose, <laughs> but the fans never give up. Mm -hmm. And that forced the owners to get a better ball club, the players to get better. Because you're going to have people watching you every day. It's like when you don't have no one coming to the field to watch you. You don't really care. That was Minnesota days. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> you only got your family out there watching you. 5,000 fans per night. Right. You know what I'm saying? What motivation you have. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is, uh, all right, really quick because you have dinner reservations. We got to get you out of here. Somebody give you the way. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, uh, the, uh, the Red Sox basically like made you earn it every step of the way. It was one-year deal, two-year deals, whatever. So how much pride did you feel for Rafael Devers when it was like he finally got paid, like a fellow countryman Dominican, like the Red Sox actually <sighs> paid someone? Like, did you feel a sense of pride 
through like what your experience was through, with the team and seeing Rafi get paid? Well, times are different, you know. Of course, there's guy before me that they deserve to get paid also, and they, you know, they had to adjust themselves to the time. You know, I have to do the same thing, but times are different now. You know what I'm saying? Everything have a guy making over $300 million. You know, you would say, damn, $330 million? Why we never pay that to Ted Williams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The time was different back then. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So what, what, what that tells you is moving forward the way it's supposed to be, adjusting to the time. Dever, when I watch him play, I think of me. He might be the only player that have been through the Red Sox since my era and after that I can think of myself. And the reason is he don't waste no bet. To go to the play with the mentality of hurting you. Mm -hmm. And I love that attitude. Like you never, like I, I'm pretty sure pitchers, they don't know when they can, they, they, pitchers, pitchers, they, they, their mentality, the, base, the baseball game, you need to have that one type of mentality that there is no failure. Like I cannot go to the plate thinking that the guy that is in the mound have any type of chances to get me out. If I doubt myself for 1% out of the 100%, I had 99% chances of being, or, 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 or of being out. So, like when you were walking from the on deck to the plate, my mentality was, this guy got no chance against me. He got no chance. Mm -hmm. If you doubt yourself for one second, I, I, I swear to God, I don't know what is the mystery about baseball. There's something in baseball named baseball God that basically dictates the things that you put in your mind. It's deeper than, than, than what people think it is. When I used to go, I had my days. I was hitting the ball right in the face, and the ball was landing nowhere, but in someone's, some, some, someone's glove. You start doubting about yourself. You, you, you look at the board, and you are off for Teddy. Off for Teddy is like six games <laughs> out of 162. Like, oh, you can be off for Teddy like this. But the funny thing is that a guy like me, when I'm over 15, it's in the front page of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if, you if you don't want to look at it, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. You turn on ESPN, oh, <laughs> Big Papi, over 15. Mm -hmm. It's more pressure than what people think it is. And you have to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? So, so when I see Dever, I think. When I see the way he walked from the on deck to the play, when I see the way he take his time, the way he approach pitchers, I swear to God, it made me think of myself, more likely. I love that. If you feel less. So I think the rest of the really good on paying him because I don't think through through this organization, and I'm talking about uh, my time and above into today, I don't think there is a better player that can deserve a contract like that than him.
You 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 give me one. Soto, the other guy that you compare yourself to. No, well, he haven't never he had never come through this organization. Well, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, not the, not that's come through here, but like, yeah, I'm talking about every player. Go back to 2003, all the way into now. Besides Manny Crazy Ed, <laughs> you tell me another player that you think you can pay that type of money in this organization. Loki. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty damn good. <laughs> but he got that contract, by yeah, the way. Yeah, okay. he got paid. Okay, thank you. He so, got paid. All right, we need to get you to dinner. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, next time, let's go on a vacation to the, to the DR. I want, I want to break myself in first time at the DR, get the David Ortiz tour. Come on, man. I let's got you, it. baby. All right, done. That. Done deal. Thank you. Mm. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Big thanks to David Ortiz, Big Poppy, coming on the Name Redacted podcast. Big guest. We told you it was a big guest. It's big in name, big in size, big in stature. Um, I think are we are we are we saying that like you know Ortiz is going to be involved? Yeah, we're going to have him a few more times this year. Yeah, he'll be back. That's I'll work be on trying to get him to answer a question that I ask. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him like the same question like three times, and he just. Never answered it. Just went on his own tangent. But he's allowed to do that. He's David Ortiz. It's David Ortiz, dude. He be- walks to the beat of his own drum. I love it. David's David and Xfinity's Xfinity. Because right now, there is so much basketball to watch right now. It is crazy. And like a ball with a funky spin, it can be hard to get a handle on it all. And now you can stay on top of all the madness with the Xfinity 10G network. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone else that you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a shot. And if you're on the go, Xfinity will still be right there with the assist with millions. That's right. Millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Hallelujah. Introducing the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Um, all right. Obviously, the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP is Adam Duvall. Does anyone object? Like, this is not a situation where we have a different vote outside of that, correct? 100%. Sounds Peter. good to me. Jake? <clears throat> I was maybe going to, since my vote won't matter because you guys are going to go three for Duvall, I was going to give Ort a shout out just, I mean, to only give up two runs after the verbal beating that Tyler's given him over the last few mm-hmm. episodes is, yeah. might be worthy of a vote. Yeah. And he flat out dominated on Sunday. They don't, mm. they don't uh, win the series without Ort. You can make that case. They were willing to throw their most disposable arm out there. They just go out there and just get out because we don't care to have you tomorrow. Just get us through. Also, that. Um, 
shout out to Jared's investigative reporting man on the scene uh, reporting that uh, Yoshida prefers Masa mm-hmm. over uh, over Yoshi. And uh, me and DJ already made custom shirts with uh, the the Masa logo instead yeah. of NASA. NASA. Did you just call it NASA? Yeah, it just tripped me up because the, uh, the way that we printed <laughs> it. NASA. Idiot. Come on, Pete. I'm an astronaut who works for NASA. So <laughs> yeah. We made, uh, we made uh, Masa <laughs> NASA shirts. You guys, you guys already made, you were making the shirts? We, I mean, we made two, <laughs> two of two. Okay. So well, I will I be wearing I it to Fenway. I want one. I'll make you one. I'll yeah, make anybody who wants one. Maybe we'll put them on sale or something. You should put them on sale. I I I approve. I I I think that, that would be a great idea. All right. Uh, but yeah, I was talking to someone before the game, and they were like, you know, he likes Masa. He I guess there is a Red Sox trainer named Yoshi. Red Sox trainer. <clears throat> Uh, just kind of like limits i liked the yoshi i like the yoshi chance on opening day i liked the yoshi gifts that come when he does something cool yoshi like photoshopping possibilities with yoshi, yoshi mitsuyama so i know i think i've yes okay yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah i've seen this guy a million times i don't think we've ever officially met but yoshi mitsuyama i mean he's been around forever so I think that's probably why he doesn't like Yoshi is because to, to everyone on the team, that's Yoshi. So there can't be two Yoshis. And like Masa was his nickname in Japan. So when I tweeted out that he prefers Masa over Yoshi, a lot of the responses were essentially, well, fuck you, dude. Like, like you, get, you, you don't get to pick your nickname. It's like, well, no, no, no. I, I agree that you don't get to pick your nickname, which is ironic for me to say. But he had a nickname in Japan. Like he's not telling you like I want to pick my new nickname. It's I had a nickname in Japan. You just didn't know who I was until I got to the United States. But I'm coming in with an existing nickname, and even more so, like Yoshi is very chantable, but so is Masa. Like that's that's the the excuse that I heard. It's like oh Yoshi is so chantable, so is Masa. And if there is someone, literally his first name is Yoshi. Masataka Yoshida, it's part of his last name. There is an actual Yoshi on the team. So, I don't know. I was just putting it out there. People are going to do what people want to do. Like, people are still going to call him Yoshi, whatever. But I'm just letting you know. It's, it's almost like Francisco Lindor. People, like, Francisco Lindor doesn't like being called Frankie. But people still call him Frankie. He's like, yeah, please just don't call me that. And they're like, dude, shut up. Your name's Frankie. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I'm I'm not gonna promise this for the next series win because I I know that I, I I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best, but I I either want to find or create or even if you're listening right now and you want to submit, I want a I want a theme song to play for the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. I want a theme song to play for the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. And the idea that I throw, I want it to be like death metal. <laughs> like, I don't want it to be like Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. <laughs> like, I don't want it to be like a jingle. 
Yeah. Like I want it to be something like that. So your mother's a whore. My 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 vision for Clark's ketchup series MVP is in the death metal realm. <laughs> I wanna I just I don't know. I don't know what it is about Clark's ketchup, but it just screams death metal to me. So uh if if you if you want to submit something, please contact me via social media, <coughs> uh Twitter, Instagram, or contact Jake on the name redacted social media pages. But I mean mostly just contact me. Be I do both because I might not see it. Contact Jake and maybe he'll bring it to my attention if I don't see it. But yeah, I if not, then I'm just gonna fucking try to do it myself. The whatever it is, because I'm not I, again, I'm not gonna promise it for the next series win. The Clark's Ketchup series MVP theme song <laughs> is going to be death metal of some sort. So I don't know why. I don't know why. There's, I mean, it's just I'm a tortured artist. You know, you, you just you you see you see the painting before you paint the painting, and that song that song is just death metal. So. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> the Stop and Shop Look Ahead brought to you by Stop and Shop. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're listening to this on Monday, tune into the Nesson broadcast for Red Sox Pirates in the fourth inning. No thanks. Hmm. Suck on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for this series. You're gonna get Cutter Crawford versus Johan Oviedo. Who? Yep. Nick Pavetta versus Roanzi Contreras. Who? And then Corey Kluber versus Mitch Keller. Uh, it's pretty tough you're in a pretty tough spot when red sox fans are making fun of your pitching staff i'm scared to insult them i I am not willing to go that far (laughs) i don't need any bad karma so oviedo he spent his first two and a half years in the MLB with the Cardinals before coming over the Pirates last year. He was in the Jose Quintana deal. He was almost exclusively a reliever in St. Louis, um, but every appearance for the Pirates came in the rotation. So with the Pirates, seven starts, two and two, a 323 ERA. Pretty good. 127 whip, 8.2 strikeouts per nine. Okay. Uh, He struggled going deep into games last year, but um, that was him switching roles. So there's a reason for that. Had trouble with uh, locating. He had 16 walks in 30 and in two thirds innings with the Pirates last year. He throws hard. Uh, 96 with the four seam. Um, Pirates were three and four in his starts last year. Uh, Red Sox hitters 0, and, 0 for six with a walk against OVA. I don't even really care about that. Rowanzi Contreras. 
This guy, 21 games, 18 starts, 5 and 5 with a 379 ERA and a 127. I mean, it's, he's got the same whip. Um, it throws fast. He's 23, averages 95.6 miles per hour on the fastball. First full season in the big leagues. Um, he had a 438 FIP, Tyler. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. He can't control it, but it's good stuff. Struggles with command. Two plus walks and 14 out of his last 21 appearances. Uh, he did face the Red Sox once last year. Six innings, six hits, four earned runs, and the four walks, three strikeouts with a big fat L. Uh, <clears throat> he is um, got a 9-9 nine nine record when he pitched last year. Arroyo's got a knock. Verdugo, two for two with a double and a walk. And then... Keller. He's another guy that throws hard. 95.9 miles per hour uh, on opening day. He got the opening day nod. Four and two thirds. Six hits. Four earned at homer. Four walks. Eight strikeouts. He was fucking all over the place. Um, So he brought back his cutter. He completely abandoned it last year, but he brought it back on opening day. Um. He has a career ERA over five, but a FIP around four, 412. So he kind of limits hard contact. Um, Pirates were 10 and 19 when he started last year. And he did face the Red Sox last year. Two innings, five hits, five runs, four earned, three walks, uh, one strikeout, and the loss. Um, so, yeah. You, once again, that is Cutter Crawford versus Johan Oviedo. Nick Pavetta versus Rowanzi Contreras and Corey Kluber versus Mitch Keller. <clears throat> um, anybody? Uh, anybody got any final thoughts? <clears throat> As my guests start to arrive, you have final thoughts. You doing predictions? We need predictions, right? Oh yeah, predictions. Duh, the fuck. Clean it up. Um, this feels like two out of three. This feels like two out of three to me. Are you scarred from picking yep. a sweep to start yep. the season? Yeah, you should be. As someone who got it right with two out of three, I will also go. They should have I'll join you on they this one, Jared. Yeah, I'm not going to be a coward. I'm going to say sock sweep, pirate suck, mm. poverty franchise. Mm-mm. Who gets the loss, Jared? Um... Kluber going to get it the second time around? The bullpen. Oh, yeah. we have a little implosion. Yeah, I think it'll be a pen loss somewhere around there. Caleb Ward is due Whoa. to cost in the game Whoa. coming up. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll put Brazier ahead of him. Ort deserves it. Brazier will cost him a game. Okay. Jake? Uh, quick sweep. Quick sweep? You think they'll, they'll get three it's wins classic in two, two days? Game, two games sweep? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Thank you guys for listening. We're back, baby. We're back. We're fucking talking about games that matter. Thank you to David Ortiz for coming on the podcast. Thank you to everyone that came to the meet and greet. Jake, do we have anything lined up in terms of... Uh, like, are we going to do that shit again? 
Um, yeah, shout out House of Blues. They thanked us. They loved having us. Um, they said we can do it whenever we want. So it's up to us. Yeah, I want to mix it up. Like, I want to do House of Blues. Like, that was cool for like the meet and greet vibe. Um, you know, the the cask meet and greet, not even meet and greet. It was kind of just like a like a watch party, I guess. Um, and then I want to do a live show. We haven't done a live show since 2021 because the Red Sox were fucking ass last year. Uh, I want to do another live show at Kowloon. Shout out Kowloon. We're in the hat right now. Shout out John Cena for wearing the Kowloon uh, Nikes during WrestleMania. Um, When's it closing? You know what? I think it's it was very much like Tom Brady. They just I think that they mm-hmm. just like announced their retirement to just to like get all like the love. They they wanted to go to their own funeral, which I respect that so much. I'm gonna do that someday too. I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm definitely faking my death to see what you fucking assholes have to say. Hmm. Just know that if I die, I'm definitely not dead. And I am watching. See you next week. Buenas noches, amigos.